Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, and I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <laughs> it's the happy coffee song. <laughs> Today is Monday, February 3rd. Welcome to February. Seems like there's a lot of songs that mention February, not just the Dar Williams one that I mentioned on the Friday podcast. I always go back to the day the music died, right? February made me shiver With every paper I delivered Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step Yeah, there's a reason why I never pursued that recording career. I do love to sing, though. And I did take voice lessons, but... You know, <laughs> can only do so much, right, uh, with the material that you have to work with. I apparently have no in-it sense of pitch. Um, I can't hear it. Even when I was learning to play the harp, I couldn't tune the harp very well because I just can't hear the, you know, people are like, can you hear that splat? I'm like, no. <laughs> can you hear it sharp? No. <laughs> I would, uh, from Femme of the opera, I always want to be like Carlotta. It just sounded like music to me. <laughs> so I had a busy but productive weekend. Um, maybe that goes together. Uh, I guess I mean that it was, alas, busy, but I got a lot done, so it's okay. That's my butt. And that's something I end up revising in my writing a lot, too. I, I put butts in there for things that aren't actually contradictions or aren't really, it's not really appropriate. It's like I set things up as opposing ideas that aren't truly opposing ideas. So I am um, on Saturday did go to yoga for the first time in six weeks. Oh, and even better than that, I should move back and say that on Friday night, uh, we went out to dinner with um, Jib Sorensen, who I've mentioned before, writer, friend, and sometime collaborator, and his wife, Ming Lee, who is a kick-ass trauma surgeon at UNM Hospital in Albuquerque, and their young son, James. We went out, and they bought us a steak dinner, and it was lovely, and I wore heels, and I realized to vast numbers of you, this is, you might roll your eyes at me, but this was huge for me because I love wearing heels, partly because I'm a short person, um, and Jim is a very tall person, David's taller than I am too, but he's used to me, but it's funny, you know, especially some of these guys who are tall and are used to seeing me in like formal or professional circumstances, when I'm not wearing heels, they kind of look down at me curiously and say, you're much shorter today. <laughs> I was like, yes, I know. Damn it. So I I just, I'm, I'm so much happier wearing heels, especially if I'm going out, I want to be able to wear my heels. And my mom had given me these great pants for Christmas that are these um, sort of tight-fitting black pants with little feathers at the cuffs. I'll put the photo on the podcast. Uh, and they are darling and but you know you you have to wear them with heels if you wear them with flats like the little feathers would drag on the ground I mean it would just be stupid you'd look like you were a dust mop or something 
So uh, finally, my knee was healed enough that the knee responds very badly to heels. It strains it too much. So finally, my knee was healed enough for me to wear heels since, you know, whatever it was, the 19th of December when my knee blew up. And I did fine. I did not wear very high heels, but just enough. That was a good test. So they were great. So I went to yoga on Saturday morning and I couldn't do everything. I had to sit and watch a few things um, to make sure not to twist that knee or strain it too much. But one advantage of having dealt with my knee this many these many years is I know what it takes. Um, I know what will hurt it and I know what will um you know, is good for it. So uh, yoga was a little rough. I've gained weight over the holidays. Um, between the holidays and not being able to walk on the treadmill or run or exercise much at all, boy, that takes a toll. Although it's a good measure of, I am so glad I have my walking desk. Um, I cannot imagine what I would be doing with my weight if I did not have that walking desk and walking so many miles per day. So hallelujah for that. And now I just need to get back into shape. So then after, uh, after yoga, I ran a couple of errands I needed to run. <laughs> I'll tell you guys uh, another aspect of my life that I, I am amused by myself is you guys know I'm a Starbucks fan. I love, you know, I really love Starbucks. Um, part of it comes from when I traveled so much, and I always knew exactly what I would get. I, there's a, I don't really like experimental coffee, and I don't like waiting forever at the um, high-end bistros. I'm, I'm liking Iconic. Uh, I'm getting used to them, and they are pretty efficient, which is our local coffee shop where we meet for Ryder Coffee. But I tend to be a Starbucks girl, and I have the Starbucks app, and you collect these stars, right? And so they changed their star system recently. It used to be that, you know, like every so many stars, you'd get a free drink, which was great. But now they've changed it up so that, like, if you collected 400 stars, you could get merchandise. And I, you know, like right now, I'm drinking out of my most favored red Starbucks cup from 2015. I love this mug. And... They always have things that are sparkly to my magpie eye. So if you collected 400 stars, you could get an item. And it ended up being kind of a pain to collect that many stars. Um, it turned out one batch of my stars expired while I was hoarding them. So now I know to watch for that. That was annoying. But I finally had enough. And I had some stars that were going to expire on the 1st of February. So it wasn't many, but I was, you know, like, not going to let my stars expire again, right? And, you know, part of this is me living out in the country. I'm not always in town. I have to make an effort to go and find a Starbucks. So after yoga, I went to this one Starbucks, this new Starbucks on St. Mike's, which I that's like the third time I've been there. And every time I'm there, I don't like it. There's... The people are unfriendly. It's their drinks don't taste good, and and then they shit for merchandise. So I was like, I don't even know why I tried. So I went to my favorite Starbucks after that, which is way the flock down uh, on Cerritos. Uh, Santa Fe is not a big town, but <laughs> when when you have to go to the other side of it, it feels like it. 
I stopped at Joanne Fabrics and got this stuff that I've been researching on the internet that is this um, fusible vinyl stuff. And I'm going to use it on some of my lanyard ribbons to preserve them. Cause, you know, like I have a few, like my Rita Winner one and my What Would Jessica Jones Do ribbons that I want to keep forever. And so, but they start to, um, you know, they're not meant to live forever. So I'm going to try sealing them in this vinyl so that it, um, I'm going to see how that do, how that does. It's kind of like laminating them. And then I might put like grommets on them so I can attach them to each other. The, for those of you not versed in conference, these are like the ribbons that you attach to the bottom of your name tag. So I got that. That was good. And then I went to Starbucks. And the funny thing was is that the app had said that you could get anything less than $20. And so I picked out the thing I wanted, but it was like $22.95. So I took that up to the counter and asked. And he said, yeah, unfortunately, they don't have any way to have me like pay the difference. So I went back and picked something that was $19. But I got, it was real, it's really pretty. It's a sparkly blue tumbler and I'm satisfied. But the thing that occurred to me was, is like this last hurdle to get up to my 400 stars. You know, yes, I got it for free, but part of that was because I got a couple of Starbucks gift cards for Christmas, which is, yay, thank you, you guys for giving me Starbucks gift cards. That it's one of, it's a surefire thing with me. I love getting Starbucks gift cards. But I had a couple of those for like $25, right? And I was like, Jeffy, why didn't you just use your $25 Starbucks gift card to go buy like the $22.95 tumbler that you really wanted? Instead of sort of like parsing it out over drinks and hoarding the stars. I mean, I guess I got the drinks and my second choice tumbler. But anyway... That's my Starbucks stock. I knew you guys would be interested. Uh, so then I came home and I talked with Grace Draven on the phone. We've been doing our a monthly mastermind, uh, our work smarter, not harder <laughs> on our careers. And so we talked on the phone for about an hour and a half, and that was lovely. And then I finished my page proofs for whatever book that was fiery crown. <laughs> so um, I only had 22 pages left. I also did laundry and cleaned the house and finished out those last pages. So that was good. I got that kind of got all of those things done. And then yesterday on Sunday, uh, I was a little bit lazier in the morning. I sat and read for a while. I'm reading Aurora Blazing, which is the second book in Jesse Mihalik's uh, science fiction romance series. Uh, the first one was Polaris Rising, and I really liked that book and blurbed it. And I've been wanting to read Aurora Blazing, but I hadn't gotten around to it yet. You know how it goes. But Jesse and I are doing the Ripped Bodice event together in May during a, on the release date for Fiery Crown, May 26th. And Jesse's third book, um, which is Chaos Reigning, will come out, um, I think, 
the week before that or two weeks before that, something like that. So anyway, she's going to come and do the event for me. So I thought, well, I need to catch up. And wow, Aurora Blazing is so good. It's, it's, it's better than the first book even. So I read that for a while, drank my coffee in my armchair. And then I got busy um, and did, knocked out the um, copy edits for Fate of the Tala. And we got it sent off to the formatter. So that's pretty awesome. Um, it didn't take me all that long to do. And I do, I'm still needing to do finances for this month, crunch royalty figures and pay bills. Um, I'm going to have to do some business stuff for getting Fate of the Tala uploaded. But um, boy, and I thought I was going to do that stuff once I was done with the copy edits and sent it off to the formatter. But when I was done, I just had it tired. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I am depleted. So I sat down probably about, I took care of a few things. I was behind on some emails. So I did do like an hour worth of email and stuff. But then I sat down about four o'clock and I read and then David came and sat down too. And so we started a movie early. We finished watching Terminator Dark Fate. We'd started it the night before. We had not seen it before this. It was finally down to like the $5 rental. And I am frankly glad that we did not pay more than that for it. I was really psyched to see it because, you know, bringing in the 60, well, she's 10 years older than I am. Linda Hamilton is, um, so she was probably like 63 when she did this movie, 62. Um, and so I was really excited that they brought her back and they said, you know, that they're taking it back to the original, um, you know, sort of concept. And of course, nothing will ever be as good as the first Terminator. And it's a classic movie and, you know, came out the year I graduated high school. So there's a lot of, um, formative stuff there. But I thought, well, they're doing a great reboot with having, you know, Linda Hamilton, be Sarah Connor, um, you know, and as the aged action hero type, and then the protective Terminator in it, um, Mackenzie Davis, you know, also a woman, and then the the chosen one in this one uh, is a Colombian actress, Natalia Reyes. And so I, th you know, so I thought, well, you know, this is so cool. You know, it's going to be like all female, you know, and they're kind of going to do like they've done on some of these other movies where they've really brought out the female aspect, you know, bring the female gaze to it. But no, not so much. Um, it was basically the same thing with women to acting like guys. And it was kind of amusing because, and I'm looking in the trivia here, that they said they brought in, um, oh, here it is. I think this bit of trivia is very interesting. In the early phase of development, director Tim Miller invited a group of sci-fi writers to brainstorm about ideas for the movie. The group included Greg Bear, Neil Stevenson, Neil Asher, Warren Ellis, and Joe Abercrombie. Abercrombie came up with the idea of a human soldier who is surgically enhanced to be stronger, but requires a lot of medication to deal with these enhancements, which would later develop into Grace Mackenzie Davis. What do we notice about this group of science fiction writers? Anybody? Anybody? You at the back? Yes, they are all guys. All guys. I mean, what the fuck, people? 
I, I just heaved a big sigh at that. And it's like, no wonder it's so, you know, male gaze if you guys can't even figure out that there are women science fiction writers. And maybe if you have a a lead trio of three women that, I don't know, maybe ask a woman what she thinks the science fiction concept should be. So that's my, my rant for the day. Uh, I'm going to see. I, I made a memo. Yeah, that was exactly what I put in my memo. Oh, so now we can delete that, and I'm going to let it go. So we'd finished watching that last night. And I mean, like after the first half hour of nonstop, <clears throat> nonstop action, they did try to introduce a little bit of story. It wasn't a copious amount of story, but there was some. And, uh, well, we'll just leave it at that. So today I am starting in on The Promised Queen. I do have businessy things left to do, but I am going to do a couple of hours of writing on the Promised Queen. Start working that up. Um, yeah, yeah. So let's see. Make sure I can meet my Friday deadline on the seventh. But for those of you waiting on Fate of the Tala, we should have the formatted version back today. I'm going to need to register the ISBN, but that won't take long, and then we will get it loaded to the website. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you pre-ordered, the uh, you'll get an email notifying you that the book is live on the website. Um, for those of you who do not want to buy from the website from the website store, as soon as I've got that taken care of, then I will start uploading to the retailers. But that can sometimes take a few days to go through. But I will. Uh, post the links as both to my website and on social media as we find out that they're live. And very often you guys see that they're live before I do. So feel free to share that news when you see it. Um, it was really nice because Rebecca, my line and copy editor, who has been reading the books all along, uh, has worked on all of them. She called this book a triumph a triumph for you guys. And she said the whole thing was like one big treat for having read all the way through the Tala series. So that made me very happy. Um, and she even checked to see if I left any dangling plot threads and she couldn't find any. So how awesome is that? Turns out that all of that uh, angsting you listened to me flail through may have been worth it. So I hope you all agree. So I'm going to go on my way, get to work on The Promised Queen. Hope you all have a wonderful Monday and that it starts off a kick-ass week for you. First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find other podcasts that you will love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.